Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host, Luke Velasca. It's a fantastic Wednesday here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, or wherever you are watching this. We are joined by repeat special guest, James Jackson. James, a.k.a. JJ. What's going on, my man? How you doing today? Heck, how are you doing? Hey, man, it's good to be here, right? That's how, that's how it's going. Are you, you're in Dallas, right? Very just north of Dallas. Plano, Texas. Plano, same thing. Same thing. It's all, literally all the same no. thing. Not quite. Not quite. Listen, listen, listen. Here's this is you have you have Austin, Texas, and then you have everywhere else. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Listen, listen. On the scale, I, on the scale, on the scale of one to Tennessee, that was about a nine. It was okay. Well, that's fair. To be fair, to be fair, I mean Tennessee. I mean you've got you've got Nashville. You have Memphis. And then you have, if you're lucky, people will notice Chattanooga where I am. But that's about it. Otherwise, it's just Tennessee. So, you know, even though, you know, but, you know, it's okay. So we, we all get overlooked. No, I'm teasing. But anyways, yeah, Plano, uh, same thing as everywhere else in Texas, you know. But, uh, uh, no, it's great. I've actually never been uh, to Plano. I've been to the DFW airport, and I've been to Laredo. Don't ask me how those things line up, but that, that's, that's the, those are the only places I've been in Texas. So... I actually spent a few days in Laredo. I don't know why, but I did. I actually had a good time. But regardless, that's not what we're here to talk about today, James. Uh, James, there's a, there's a lot going on today. Okay, we've got a um, uh, lot, lot of the, the continued protests going on at the, uh, the Cana- uh, Canadian and U.S. border. Um, uh, wherever you stand on the, the protest, it's up to you. We're here to talk about what that's doing to the actual uh, uh, transportation networks up there, doing to pricing. We'll get into that later. There's also a lot of continued volatility and a lot of pricing within the U.S. on a lot of different, really, a lot of different key long-haul lanes. We'll look at those. Some are still increasing and making new highs. Some are really taking a dive, okay? So this whole, like, everything is up to the right is not the case. While it is the case in some areas, not everywhere. We're going to look at where those areas are and how you can capitalize on it, depending on where you are. Um, we're also going to talk, of course, James, by personal request. Big Super Bowl guy, right? Right. Big Super Bowl. I mean, you have to, right? Texas is like, that's like football is like, that's, that's, part, that's part of it, right? You're not allowed to live in Texas and not, not be a football fan. I have a question, a serious question. In Texas, is college football bigger or is NFL bigger? High school football is bigger than all three. High school? Wow. 100%. You see, and so that's why we play. We got, we got five state championships, all right? And Dallas you know is not. Five so, state championships? That's, that's five, yes. You know there's only one state. Like, Texas is only one state. You know that, right? I know. We just, we just win a bunch of them. I'm teasing. But, no, okay, cool. So, high school high school is the biggest. See, this is – I don't know these things. I need I need to know. Um. I grew up in New Jersey, and there it was all NFL. Nobody really cared about high school. I mean, they cared a little bit about high school. They cared a little bit about college, but it was all NFL. You know, South Jersey, it's all about the Eagles. If you're in North Jersey, it's, you know, um, I mean, probably the Giants. The Jets kind of maybe a little bit, but more so the Giants. Um, so, and then there's obviously the Patriots bandwagons fan for, for all those others in New Jersey who, who want to win a little more often. Or they did, but I don't know. Maybe that's not the case anymore. Um, but anyways, no, James, um, have, you been, have you been following the story much with uh, uh, the Ambassador Bridge um, and, and, what, and, and you know, how all the protests have really shut that down? I saw some videos online. It looks like you know, there's just, just miles and miles of trucks just sitting there trying to cross the border, and they're just sitting there. 
I mean, can you imagine having a truck sit somewhere trying to cross the border for 12 hours? I think is what a lot of these guys are waiting for, some even longer. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is it's a pretty pretty big issue we got going on here, and it's been going on for some time now. Um, regardless of your political standpoints, what this is doing is that, you know, we need, we're, we're, we're causing bottlenecks, you know, right then and there. Um, and this event just puts a lot of pressure on our borders and makes it really hard to do business, you know, within, within North America. Um, and so it's, uh, it's a tough, tough situation, but at some point we gotta, we have to figure something out and just keep things moving or else it's just going to create a bigger problem than what it is. And, uh, it's going to unfortunately in, and us, the the end users, more money at the end of the day. Yeah, no, it's important. Uh, there was an article on Freightways um, today that was talking about, you know, the the Ambassador Bridge accounts for nearly twenty percent of all truckload goods that move between the U.S. and Canada. Twenty percent, one out of five truckload shipments goes on that bridge, and and a lot of guys are having to be rerouted around it because they just can't get through it. So. You know, one one driver in particular, um, who's quoted in the article, is um, you know, he's he's delivering pro- he's, he's delivering uh, a truckload of, of frozen chicken all the way from Alabama, right? So he's he's normally he was going to go through the Ambassador Bridge, and he had to get rerouted multiple times until eventually going across the Buffalo New York crossing, which was an additional five hours out of his way. So five hours out of say just one way, but then an additional five hours probably to come back. I mean, that that's a lot, five hours. I mean, that could cost you a whole nother day. It's a whole day, Josh. I mean, and you know, you're exactly right. Um, just not only that from, from the driver's, you know, time perspective, yes, time is money. And every time that, you know, you have to shut down, you're losing it. But where I think that a lot of people don't really understand is that how much effort and how many man hours behind the scenes, whether if it's a broker's load, but, you know, between time of tender to scheduling the truck, finding the truck, you know, and then having to reroute, you know, that driver reroute, you know, and take time to renegotiate rates to make sure, you know, that driver has enough, you know, to, if he has to burn extra fuel or, you know, you have to, you have to pay for your time. So, you're, the the really the the biggest concern is your return on your time investment on that and so yes you are correct it's killing us um, now I think you know it was interesting and I was and I was following this story earlier this morning with when Anthony and uh, Kaylee were reporting on it and um, that that draws a major 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 concern is that you know. Right now, the Detroit area is our biggest, you know, national border crossing with, with Canada. Right. We are still seeing constricted, you know, just people, the, the personnel, people are exhausted. You know, they're working all the time yeah. and we don't have enough, you know, and, and I mean, we're, we're full during that, during that transit time. We can't, we can't fit any more trucks in. So where where is this going to bleed off? And and my biggest concern is that how is this going to affect you know capacity on the you know not only on the U.S. side but I mean you're going to start having a lot of guys start rerouting this and that's going to affect their business completely 
and and I think the it's going to affect the longevity of the port and just the consistencies of their efficiencies as well. I think I think you're absolutely right, James, and and it, it's especially as more and more as more and more freight as, as that demand remains. You have a lot of things affecting, right? Demand remains elevated for number one. It's already at historical highs, right, or right around them. So you've got incredibly elevated demand. On top of that, there's already, you know, and, and it's far more demand than capacity is able to keep up on, right? Um, and that increased demand only made the driver shortage worse. On top of that, we already have increased prices from that demand surge, and now you throw a wrench into the, mo- the, the biggest border crossing between the U.S. and Canada, which accounts for 20% of all freight. So we're going to have increased costs that were already elevated. We're going to have tighter demand that was already elevated, a capacity crunch that was already crunched. And now that overflow is going to go through other boarding crossings that may or may not be able to handle much increase in demand because the infrastructure isn't set up. So it's going to cause additional problems. And like you said, the workers are overworked. The drivers are going to be overworked. It's, it's, it's not a good situation, um, something that needs to be resolved. Um, because I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of downstream uh, effects from it. Something I was also seeing, though, is, is looking at the data, right? We don't have this on the screen here, but the, um, if you look at Detroit, right, one of the biggest crossings there um, in, you know, b- between the U.S. And, and Canada on the truckload side, I think it goes into Windsor, I believe, is uh, uh, the area there in Canada, if I'm not mistaken. It's the, the outbound volumes just over the last week have dropped 14%. Outbound tender volumes out of, out of Detroit have dropped 14%. I mean, think about that, right? We get a lot of freight from Canada on that crossing, and Canada gets a lot of freight and goods from us on that crossing. 14% in a week is a lot. There's no holiday. That's not a holiday drop. That is, you just can't get, it, it just, it can't come through. It's, it's too slow. I mean, that's the bottleneck we're talking about here, James. Can you imagine, imagine you're a shipper and, you need, and you're waiting on goods and all of a sudden you just can't get 13% of your goods and you, you rely on that crossing. I mean, what would... Exactly. You know, and that's, that's, uh, that's, a, that's just one of, these, one of these headwind hiccups that, that you know, we're facing. And, 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 you know, like we talked a couple of weeks ago is that, you know, we still are seeing that crazy demand, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I mean, we're still... We're just now catching our breath, you know, with the bottleneck and the ripple effects of, you know, the COVID stuff. Yeah. And now, you know, in this right here with, especially, I mean, look at all of our weather, look at our snowstorms. I mean, this part of the country is typically impacted this during this part of the season. So this yeah. is just further, you know, hurting us. So it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting, but you know, like I said, I think um, when you rely, and this is one of those things where you're a carrier to broker relationship, your relationship with your shippers. Your now is the most important time to really hone in and really put an emphasis on that, just through the fluidity of this. Yeah. And so, and I that's it may be a bandaid on a bullet hole, but. But communication is and and just everybody working in tandem is the only way that we're gonna get through this. Yeah, yeah, we just gotta keep. You're spot on. I want. Let's go ahead and throw a chart up on the screen here. I want to look at the national uh, tender volumes here, uh, real quick. Um, I, I think it'll be really, really good for us to look at here. There it is, right there. So 
What we've got on the screen in front of us here is you've got, you've got total demand or tender volume there in blue. All right, that's year to date. Um, updated as of this morning. Uh, the uh, orange line there, I think, is what it is. Um, that is headed down again year to date. Tender rejections on that volume. So, you know, basically, volume is kind of it's kind of flat right now. That that initial bump up you saw in the first couple of days, we were just kind of getting back to seasonal norms there as, as we had a holiday dip right before that you can't see on the chart. But so we're kind of sitting flat right now. The orange line also seems to be sitting flat. It's come down a lot and maybe seems to be settling in a little bit. Tender rejection. So we're, we're kind of at a weird equilibrium right now where um, volumes in tender rejections are remaining flat at a fairly elevated level. Not their absolute peak that we saw, I think, sometime in 2021, but at a fairly elevated level still. But it's, but it's, it's trending sideways. Now what I want to look at, though, so I think that can be very misleading, right? So I want to look at a couple lanes here that, that really show, I think, the battle between some of these really high-volume truckload lanes. So let's, uh, what I want to show is um, Elizabeth, New Jersey to Chicago. Let's throw that up on the screen here. There it is. Look at that. So this is this, these, are, these are advanced spot rates, okay, broker to carrier paid, updated as of this morning. You're looking about as real-time as it gets here, okay? These are lows that were covered in the last 12 to 24 hours, covered. All right, so it's very real-time here. So these are the track spot rates that we have in Sonar. I mean, James, look at that. Look at that line there at the bottom right. Okay, if you can't see the rate, it's 311 a mile right now is the average median rate that brokers are paying to carriers to move Elizabeth, New Jersey to Chicago. But, I mean, I mean look, look at that. Look at that line. What do you make of that? Up and to the right. That's a, we went from two, less than 260 30 days ago to 311 today. That's a 50-cent, 55-cent swing. Per mile. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of what we, here's the data to, to really just back up what we were talking about you know, during, during the introduction part is that this right here is having a direct impact. And this is only yeah. fueling the inflation fire higher and higher. And so, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, it's going to come down to these guys, these big time the big time players who have the money to go and buy that capacity out. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's just one of these, these things in tandem that we have to think of collectively and, and holistically and rely on data such as a sonar, you know, just to identify where our kinks are and let's, let's, let's try to stabilize this thing the best we can. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we don't, if we don't figure this out next week, it, I mean, it, it could be, way higher you know i mean if if this doesn't get solved this week this time next week it could be you know up into the the, the 350s uh you know yeah it's crazy yeah i mean we it was a 20 percent rise in 30 days from an already elevated market right we, we, we went up 20 percent. we were already elevated we were already through the roof we went up another 20 percent okay but the, but the market looks flat, right? If we look at volumes and we look at tender rejections, they look, they look fairly stable. Let's, let's pull up another one. Let's do LA to Denver. We're going to see the opposite effect. Pull up LA to Denver here. Check this out. This is the other side of the coin. Down and to the right. We were over $6 a mile. Golly, $6. What is that? Six ten a mile. It looks like it hit there at the high at the last 30 days. And now we're down to five thirty-eight. So... You know, about, what's that, around, uh, somebody do some mental math for you, about a 13% decline. That's, that's yeah. hefty. So, so, I mean, my question is, is that, you know, do you think that 
where is where is this capacity shifting to? Do you think do you think the it's going to be the Denver-based carriers going out there, or do you think that the California guys are going to be rerouting and trying to find backhauls back into, you know, those those areas that we just talked about that that Chicago to New Jersey? Oh, know, that's those a areas. good question. That's a good question, James. Man, say say it again one more time. So <clears throat> when when I'm looking at this data. What one of the questions that, that comes to mind is that where is this capacity going? Where is it shifting? Are we losing the capacity from your Denver-based carriers, or or do you think that you know a lot of these you know California carriers or these guys that are running this you know head hall in in California are finding backhauls to to these affected areas? Um, just in, I mean, where is it going? I mean, so it's, and this is, this is one of the things that just fascinates me about the sonar platform is that now we are able to pinpoint where it's going. We can study it in all in, in a real time fashion. So um, it's going to be really interesting to, to see. I'd love to get Zach Strickland's take on this, you know, and see, see what's going on. But I think it's uh it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks. So we should see how it all shakes out. Yeah, something, James, that's a, that's a good point, right? So something I saw earlier in the data was um, that, that uh, Ontario, so, so a big area around um, L.A., has actually gone, uh, their, their volume or their demand has actually come down a little bit. And that, that could be impacting the, um, the, the capacity going in, right? So as that demand goes down in, in Southern California, right, it drops a little bit, right? Not significantly, but it does drop, it has dropped a little bit, okay? Carriers may be a little more willing to go to a place like Denver, right, um, to, to keep their trucks moving. They still have a ton of opportunities in LA, right? I'm not trying to say that they don't have opportunities and they can't go somewhere incredibly lucrative. I mean, guys, the rate is still 540 a mile from LA to Denver. It's ridiculous still, but yeah. It's still ridiculous, okay? Five, what, 538 a mile is down 13%, okay? You had to come down 13% to get to 538 a mile, okay? So it's, it's incredibly elevated. All right, let's pull it up again. I just want to see the chart here one more time. So plus there it is right there, okay? Um, so yeah, I mean, look at that. I mean, you're still at 538 a mile, but since, since demand has, 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 has dwindled a little bit, I think when, 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 when brokers and shippers do need shipments moved to Denver, they have a little bit more capacity to pull from out of the, the Southern California markets. Since they have a little bit more, I think that's driven the price down a little bit, okay? So instead of it being in the stratosphere, it's just kind of, you know, maybe up there in the clouds. I don't know, somebody's probably well, gonna- Yeah. Whatever it is, man, just keep it happening. We need about two more weeks of that. Exactly right. I mean, I mean, it's it's a thousand mile trek. You're gonna make five if you're a carrier and you move a load on this. You're gonna make five and a half thousand dollars. You could do that in two days. Five and a half, now, granted, it's Denver. I get it, but five and a half thousand dollars in two days. But so much money. All right. Um, but yeah. Okay. What? And then here we go. What lane? What lane is that? That's on there right now. Is that? 
Elizabeth to Chicago. Elizabeth to Chicago. There we go. We're right, right back up. Okay, so 800 miles, 311, right there. Uh, definitely up. You know. Um, so speaking of you know things going up, things going down. I'm thinking here on the point spread of like the Super Bowl, James. Uh, you uh, are you a betting man? Who who do you have? Well, hold on, hold on. Let me let me rephrase the question. Who do you want to win? And who do you think if you're gonna bet money, who are you betting it on? But then who do you want to win? And they can be the same. So I'm a big believer in the story of the underdog. And uh, you know, I was actually reading a reading a book, um, Malcolm Caldwell, and about the true story of Davy and Goliath. And the historicals of it is that the underdog's really not the underdog, he just fights differently. And uh Historically, David was actually called a slinger. And so in my mind, it don't matter if you're slinging rocks, you're slinging trucks, slinging ducks, or slinging footballs. I got to go with the true underdog, Joe Burrow, my man. All right. All right. I like it. So now is that is that who you want to win as well as who you're betting on? Always. always. We always root for the underdog. Okay. Um, because more times than not, they win. Yeah. What, what snack food? What's your favorite? You're having a Super Bowl party, okay, down there now in... Talking. Now we're talking. Okay. Talking about the snack. Like, what, what do they eat over there in the, the, the great state of, of, of Texas, a.k.a. Dallas and everywhere in Austin and everywhere else, wherever you are in Plano, Dallas, Plano area? They're going to... Just a plain old boy, right? Just a plain old boy. <laughs> And, uh, um, you know, we're, uh, I think, I think Carrie and I, we're gonna, we're going to, uh, we're going to Mexico. So we're going to be doing a little keto action. Okay. This, this, so. Well, you're going to Mexico but, for the Super Bowl? I wish. No, next oh. month. So. Okay. We got we to slow it all down. So yeah. I think, I, I think we're going to go with a little charcuterie board. You know? Oh, fancy. You guys do it like that yeah. down there in Texas, huh? I mean, it's a time. There's only one way to do it, and that's do it big. That's it. See, I'm just like, you know, give me give me a good old, like, bar pizza, and we'll call it a day. You know, it's like, I mean, come on. Um, no, no, that, that sounds very good, by the way. It sounds very good. I'm a big pizza guy, right? I like pizza. I like good pizza, okay? I know you guys don't have that do down there in Texas, that? but... Um, Hey, if it's good, if it's good, it's good, okay? I don't care if it's deep. Deep dish isn't my preferred or my go-to style, but if it's a good deep dish, I mean, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to have a good time. Um, I, you know, I grew up in New Jersey, right? So I grew up in New Jersey, so I'm I, I heavily influenced by that New York-style pizza. I mean, that's just, that, that's kind of, you know, been my, my bread and butter. But, I mean, I, I, I eat all kinds. I eat all kinds. If it's pizza, I'll eat it. Unless it's Little Caesars. Yeah. Um, Anyways, that's good to know. What about, okay, hold no, on, serious pineapple question. Pineapple on the pizza. Right, pineapple on the pizza? No, absolutely not doing pineapple on the pizza. That's how, no, I don't want to hear it. And anybody who says that it's a thing, it's not a thing, okay? Or at least it shouldn't be a thing. It's kind of like, um, uh, like, I mean, just because something's a thing doesn't mean it should be. And I'm trying to think of an example now. My mind just blanked. Um, but uh, anyways, no, I don't. 
It's just, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a huge cooked fruit person, right? If you cook the fruit, I'm not into that. Not about it. But anyways, it's good to do. You know what, uh, James, we're at the end of time here. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. We, we're, we're talking about, you know, things that are disrupting the supply chain further. Looking at you, Canada, uh, U.S. crossing. Hopefully that gets situated. We're seeing what's going on in the U.S. market. It looks flat, and it is at a nominal level. However, you get into the weeds here, you got markets going up, markets coming down. Uh, but that's what we're here for. We're here to give you the latest, the greatest, and the, the most up-to-date. But anyways, stay tuned. It's been a pleasure. we got Luke and James here on Wiss Owner. We'll see you next week for our Supply Chain Summit week. And uh, stay tuned for more content on Freightways TV. Have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday.